Hello and welcome to Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What? The podcast where Macintosh and Mod force each other to watch movies they should have already seen. I'm David, aka Macintosh. And I'm Diana, aka Mod. What are we watching this week? A year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorized by a new killer who targets the girl and her friends by using horror films as part of a deadly game. So this is 1996, directed by Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson, and it stars Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Skeet Ulrich, Drew Barrymore. Uh, Then we've also got... Matthew Lillard and Rose McGowan and Jamie Kennedy. Those are like all the big players in this. Uh, let's see what else. It had a budget of $14 million and it made $173 million. That's not shocking. It was a huge deal at the time. It was. It was a huge deal when this came out. Um, Did you see this in a theater? No. I was too young. But it was a big... It was a it, it was a big deal. Uh, this came around... Okay, so we're going to talk about Kevin Williamson, who wrote it. You want to start there? I'm going to start with him. Okay. Because he's important. So, Kevin Williamson, this was his first big thing. This was his first real thing. After this movie, he did I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> he also did Scream 2. He did The Faculty, Teaching Mrs. Tingle, Scream 3... And he created Dawson's Creek, which, if you were around back then in 1998, the way that show was written got written about more than anything else. He invented Creek Speak, which is where he gave teenagers dialogue that was equal to adults. He wanted teenagers to be shown as intelligent and worldly. And he wanted to write them that way. And so that really changed the way teenage television was written. Um, So he's made a huge contribution in that way. He also wrote Scream 4, which I've never seen. Uh, I've seen 1 and 2. I haven't seen 3 I've never seen Dawson's Creek. This is is not good. We may have to do a whole podcast about that. (laughs) I haven't seen all of Dawson's Creek, but I was all in for seasons like 1 through 3. Uh, and then he also most recently did The Following, which you and I loved the first two seasons of, and then we just fell out of it. We couldn't, we couldn't, season three never popped up on our radar. We got on to other things. Yeah. So we moved on. But we, we really enjoyed it, and I was not expecting to. Uh, so that's Kevin Williamson. Well, and let's throw one more out there to, especially maybe fans of Riverdale, The Vampire Diaries. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. He created The Vampire Diaries, which is another, which just ended on the CW. Yeah, so, so he, and this, let's be clear, CW used to be the WB and UPN. The CW is when they merged. He's. Um, and he is a very long hit, you know, that's with history Dawson's with, mm-hmm. with um, the WB. And that's where Dawson's Creek was. So okay. Wes Craven been around for years forever early he, 70s <laughs> he is most famous for creating freddy krueger yeah and the hills have eyes he started all of those huge franchise horror franchises um there was one more that he did i can't remember um i'm looking at it right now okay 
But he, yeah, he created Freddy, Freddy Krueger and he directed the first one. Um, and then he didn't do another one until they did A New Nightmare, which was like 20 years later. Yeah, A New Nightmare was, New Nightmare started a new thing for him. I, mm-hmm. I know, I, I haven't really seen any Wes Craven movies, but I've heard him talked about in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. The bit, I mean, his first movie was Last House on the Left. Yes. Which was a complete shift in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. And that was 1972. <laughs> yeah. So he goes all the way back there. Um, the other thing, though, with, with New Nightmare was that was one of the first meta takes on horror. Yes. That somebody had done. And if you've never seen... He, that, he brought in the more psychological bits between that, Freddy Krueger, which is very much psycho, psychological yeah. thriller. The, he was, I mean, he was one of a few different directors and they, they all took different aspects mm-hmm. of that. Like John Carpenter also did that. Um, you could throw in uh, David Cronenberg in, in certain ways of, and they all took different aspects of psychology. You know, David Cronenberg about something being inside of you, living inside of you versus mm-hmm. John Carpenter being not knowing what the villain is, like the fog and the thing. Yeah. You know, it's it's an invisible thing. And then Wes Craven is what's inside your head. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Amongst other things. Though he did, he did direct Music of the Heart with Meryl Streep. That's the one where she's the violin teacher. I don't, I don't know. He's, <laughs> that's like that's like one of the few non-horror things he did. He's never played by anybody's rules. We'll put it that way. And that's just fair. he's he's done whatever movie he was going to do, and in the meantime, managed to utterly change the genre mm-hmm. while he was doing it. Um, I do find it interesting too. One thing I caught is that I f- I want to say that well, he did do one before this. He did. Um, vampire in brooklyn with eddie murphy Mm -hmm. but it looks like for the most part this is the first real horror movie he did that he didn't also write correct which is interesting i think it's awesome because he has his finger on the the genre and this film is making fun of the genre there is a big aspect of that with this film um and it's talking with Kevin Williams great writing um they're picking apart the tropes of the genre yeah and so I think it I think it was a really great team um so where do you want to start in well let's start with casts let's start with the cast always okay well it's typically we start with the writer director and a little bit of the story but then we get into the cast well but I I I was gonna say should we have criticism about the the director and the cat and the writer um, I like the writer. Yeah. So I'm good. And the direction... Well, I mean, we'll talk about the actors. Can I flip that around? <laughs> you like the direction and you don't like the writing? Um, <laughs> I feel like the writing does not convey that humor very well at all. Now... I'm going to caveat that with, I'm not a person who's seen very many slasher movies, so mm. I think you that's part of the you issue. You don't get any of the references. I don't have... Well, I got some of the references. Okay. I mean, I got I got the joke about, what's your favorite horror movie? Mm-hmm. And he says Nightmare on Elm Street, which is, you know, they're, they're making fun of the different Wes Craven yes. versus who's there. I, I just don't feel like it was that funny. And I don't feel like it was that clever. Hmm. I feel like he took real low-hanging fruit 
on some of that. Okay, well, horror film is very lower, low-hanging fruit. Yeah, but... Now, that's not to disrespect the genre... It's just if you were gonna if you were if you were in to totally subvert the drama or mm-hmm. subvert the genre, I don't feel like he did a very good job of that. I think you need to watch this movie again. I might be, but I just I you know I I maybe we'll get into it with the actors because that may be part of my issue here too. So we'll go. We'll jump to the cast. Okay, let's start with Nev Campbell. This was right in the middle of her Party of Five, Party of Five fame. Was it really? Mm-hmm. When did Party of Five start? I want to say ninety four. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm so good. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I always I for whatever reason yeah. I thought that was later. Nope. Okay. It was on for five six years. Yeah. Well, I I I for whatever reason I thought Party of Five and Dawson's Creek were flipped that it came yeah. after Mm-mm. and Party of Five ended right about the same time 902 and O did okay and then we didn't know what to watch anymore in our house <laughs> I didn't watch any of that stuff <laughs> oh no we had we had a Party of Five tape for one VCR and we had a, a 902 and O tape over there <laughs> so I'm counting our tapes for Thursday night comedies between Seinfeld and Fred this whole thing it's very coordinated effort in our life before Tebow. <laughs> okay, so Nev Campbell. She is she's our main character. She's a much better actress than the than she does in this movie. Agreed. Her in um House of Cards. House of Cards, amazing. This is a this is a combination of I don't think she's very well suited to this genre. Yeah. And she was she didn't have enough experience i just there's your your lead is really uncharismatic and i think because i have to watch her this whole movie mm-hmm. this may come back to the acting on it for me i and and i'm gonna say this probably about it, almost every person in this movie Ooh. i didn't care about a single person that's funny i didn't care about the stakes i didn't care so when we finally got to the payoff Mm-hmm. And that's where I go, I'm concerned that it was the writing, but I think it might be the acting. I think it's the acting, and I think it's also you... Have you ever enjoyed a horror film? Yes. But you know which ones I really enjoy? Hmm. Things like The Exorcist. I need it to be really dark. I need it to actually scare me. Slasher, like slasher stuff and mm-hmm. jumpy scare movies, don't scare me that much. It's when you go deep into. Okay, so I don't think you the psychology. I think you didn't follow your Roger Ebert advice. That's fair. Like, let's just go into the movie and watch a teen horror flick. Let's just watch a teen horror flick. I had some expectations. I think because I'd heard that it was a genre changer. It and- was. It doesn't feel like it at all. If you look at this, and then I know what you did last summer, and then the films... Never seen the, it. Exactly. The horror films that came right after this, it, they they tried to have people that were a little bit more intelligent. Well, anything, that that, anything that's that successful is going to get immediately mimicked by studios. Of course. So, of course. that's part of it. Yeah. You, you didn't involve yourself in any of the horror films. So, you, like, missed that whole snippet. You went from like seventies to two thousand ten. <laughs> yeah, that that yeah, you missed some things in there. Okay, so we don't like Nev Campbell. It could be it could be a genre problem for me. It may just be a genre issue that no matter when I see these movies, I'm just not going to enjoy them very much. That's fair. 
There's, I think that's the only horror film that we have on our list. No, we'll have some other ones, but I mean, it's okay. I, I'm, I'm starting to think like I might just not, not get the genre. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, okay, Courtney Cox. She's the best person in the movie, for sure. She's yeah. great. Uh, this was during Friends. Of yes, course. this was year two of Friends. Friends started in two, 1994. This is where she met David Arquette. Boo. Okay. He's adorable. His character is perfectly written for him. Mm. He he plays the, the doofus. I know, and it's still bad. He's fine. It's just boring. I was so bored. I was bored by the people. I didn't feel like there were any... Even in sh- even in some schlocky horror movies, mm-hmm. I feel that at least you are given in the ones that are done by the guys who are considered like the masters. I've seen some of the John Carpenter movies mm-hmm. that weren't. I, I to be fair, I've seen some of the earlier John Carpenter stuff. Mm-hmm. But even in those schlocky, low budget things, you still care about the people involved. Not necessarily. Go watch Escape from New York. <laughs> yeah. Snake Plissken's pretty badass. <laughs> Kurt Russell's awesome in that movie. I do love Kurt Russell. Um, and I've never seen Big Little... I, I started to watch Big Trouble in Little China, and I got a little... I got I tuned it out pretty quick, so... Um, okay, so you don't like David Arquette, which I do not like David Arquette as an actor, really, at all. But I like him in this movie. He serves his purpose fine. I, I think he's... I think he just is. He He's... I feel like he's not playing anything. He's just being a dumbo. Well, that's kind of how he's written. He's supposed to be the dumb deputy guy. Deputy Dewey. <laughs> that's who he is. But if you're going to be dumb, be be dumb and entertaining with it. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I'm sorry. Skeet Ulrich. So bad. <laughs> he's so bad in this okay. movie. And it's funny because he's, of what we've watched. Because we love him in Riverdale. We've been watching Riverdale. He's and... amazing in Riverdale. Okay. For one, his hair is so fucking annoying. It there's two little strands that land right in his eyes. Yeah. What what were you people thinking? Um, and he is just a manipulative, disgusting boyfriend. Yes. Through the whole movie, before we even get to the 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 reveal that he's one of the guys trying to kill her, um, he is being like, um, we were hot and heavy. We were gonna about to get it on, and then your mom died. What the fuck is wrong with you? You won't give it up. And it's just, it's disgusting. Well, okay. It is. It's gross. So, and it is gross. Here's the thing. When we get to his big reveal mm-hmm. that he is a quote unquote psychopath. Yes. Part of my issue with this, mm-hmm. and again, it might just be a directing choice. If you're going to make him a sociopath, Mm -hmm. make him an actual sociopath. Have him struggle. Like, it felt like they gave these actors nothing deep to go into. Fair. And I feel like in movies where these things are successful, even in slasher movies, the actors will have enough meat to chew on Mm -hmm. and motivation to chew on to be able to go forward. Because if he's truly a sociopath... Him being upset that they haven't had sex after her mother just died mm-hmm. makes sense. From a logical standpoint as a character, if you're a sociopath all you care, and a narcissist and all you care about is you and your sex life, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you're going to act that way around her. If you, you know, he's, he's manipulating her because he's a sociopath. 
but that's never fully explored. And it's it's threads like that that they I just felt like were completely ignored in the movie, mm-hmm. to where I went like, why do I? Because then once we get to the moment where he's a psychopath, I'm like, okay, why do I care? Why do I care that you've been terrorizing this girl for however long? Because okay. It's just nuts that her boyfriend is responsible for killing her mom, framing a guy who is in jail, and now he's after he's killing her along with his friend. Her boyfriend and one of and her best friend's boyfriend killed her mother. Murdered her mother, framed a dude, made sure she saw the guy saw them framing him, and then are trying killing all of their friends and her. By the time we got to that point, that's fucked up. But by the time we got to that point, I was so checked out of the movie that I didn't care. I think that's my problem. I'm disappointed in you. Why are you disappointed in me? Because you decided to check out of the movie, and I did not do that with RoboCop, and that was the biggest fucking turn in the world. (laughs) No, I am not saying that this movie is cinematic gold. It is not Goodfellas or Singing in the Rain level quality. But come on, man. So I will say it's perfectly justifiable to check out of a movie. And if you ever do, I'm totally down with that. And by checking out of the movie, what I sort of get to is if at a certain point they the story has taken you so far out of the movie that you you feel like, well, I'm just watching a movie now. And that's where I got to with it mm-hmm. was at a certain point it stopped being about and and maybe the references bothered me with that too of mm-hmm. things being meta in that at a certain point they've made it so obvious that we're watching a movie that we've forgotten that there's a story to tell. And I I I want a good story in a movie. That's just something I crave. If I'm watching a movie, I want you to tell me a good story. And if you don't do that, and you're not obviously trying to get away from that, it just bothers me. I reiterate that (laughs) I did not check out a Robocop (laughs) the first time or the second time. Because I went into it and was like, this is what it is. Let's watch it. You decided to check out of this movie. You decided I no longer care, so I don't. I'm not. I'm not even going to try to watch it on its own merits. I did. I. I will say. I think I got to that point. It's not allowed. It's. It's a no no. It's not appropriate for this whole podcast. Okay. You're in trouble. You're on the eye list. <laughs> you owe me a movie now. I owe you a movie. Well, now you have to watch Scream Two. I can watch Scream Two. And I could watch Scream again. I, 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 that would be a good exercise. Again, I'll say this too. Sometimes it's just how the movie strikes you in the moment. No, I, I understand that. And we've and, had that. We've had that with happen with TV shows where we've tried to watch it. Actually, I was. I've been rewatching. I've been listening to a Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Yeah. And I remember when we first started watching that show. We got through like the second episode. And was like, this is making me really uncomfortable and anxious. And it... There was a whole bunch of stress going on, and, like... No, but it was just one of those things, it's like, 
I, I know the show isn't bad. I can't watch this right now. Yeah, we were like, and now I've watched the I've watched the whole thing at least twice, and I'm like, this show is great. Well, when we watched it, we were like, this is great, but we still were like, okay, we know the show is good. We want to watch it again. Like we can't, we can't but do we this can't right do now. this. Um, That's fair. But yeah, I. This may be one of those movies. Here's here's what I will say to you. Okay, mm-hmm. is we're gonna go through this and we're gonna talk about it because mm-hmm. I do want to talk through that. And I, and I don't want to. Oh yeah, we have to keep watching. This. Don't want to shy away from from <laughs> explaining where I got to with it. What I'm going to do is before we do the next movie, mm-hmm. I will also watch Scream again. See, we should have bought it instead of renting it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but I will watch it again, and I will purposefully take that tactic. Okay. It is it is hard to engage in that. I think I just at the moment didn't do that. Okay. And mm-hmm. put an expectation on it. Okay. And <laughs> and walked mm-hmm. away. Okay. I can't tell if you're actually offended right now. I'm a little annoyed. You're a little annoyed. Which is why I'm going to make you watch Scream 2, and then we're going to end up watching 3 and 4, because I've never seen either of those. <laughs> because if you're going to do it, you might as well go all in. Um, Anything worth doing is worth overdoing. <laughs> Hence, we have three podcasts. Okay, um, more cast. Okay, so we talked about Ski Ulrich. Okay, so let's talk about Matthew Lillard, the other, the other killer. He's interesting. In this role, I've we've seen him in stuff, and I know he's really good. I mean, yes. he's he got short shrift and and typecast for a long time, and then he did Scooby Doo and went to Hollywood Jail for a while because that's all he could do. He did a lot of things that put him in Hollywood Jail. I really loved it. He has a little guest run. He no, he was in like maybe five or six episodes of The Good Wife, and his character in that is just so freaking hilarious. Um, oh, he's so ador- I love he's adorable well the movie that hit home for me seeing it initially with him is SLC Punk well yeah that's that's a I mean that's a great movie where he stretches in a lot of ways oh, it's sure. not and not a great movie yeah but a really cool a really cool exploration of a scene mm-hmm. and also about and a good coming of age story yeah um, and in this because he did this and then he just she's all that and he just kind of got stuck in stupid teen movie jail. And then he did, I think it was Without a Paddle, one of one of those he did that, buddy yeah. com movies. He was in that. He was in Love's Labor's Lost. He He's done a he, lot of stuff. He yeah, just he wasn't is. visible. He's, you know what he was in? So, yeah, so Matthew Lillard was in The Bridge. Okay, yeah. He, he was good in that. Yeah. We only watched, like... We, we watch. watched the first season, and then we never we got back the to the rest season? of it. Yeah. I don't moment. remember what happened. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> we just we we got over it. That was the show with Diane Kruger, right? Yes. Okay. It's about the border. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I feel you. And then Rose McGowan does a lot of heavy lifting for the whole teen squad. This is a really shitty movie for her. I know. And Deck Woman should not be blonde. She's much better in other things. She's really this. She played this character so much better in Jawbreaker. I know, and I've only seen part of that movie. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Yeah, that's on our list. I'm going to fill in all of this and then you'll be like, Scream is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's just going to happen. Well, what, I, I'll update my rating. We're going to get there. Mm. Um, can I give a shout out to W. Earl Brown as the cameraman, Kenny Jones? Oh, yeah. He's in everything. Biggest thing I remember him from is True Detective. The original, true, the first True Detective season. He's one of the detectives. He's one of the um, other guys on the state police force. Oh, yeah. That winds up being involved in everything. Huh. I mean, he's done. Yeah, no, all I've, sorts of he's other been in a lot of things. Roles. Huh. 
Okay. Um, yeah, no, he's good. A random Leah Schreiber appearance. He plays Cotton Weary, who is the guy that was framed for the murder of Sydney's mother. Yes. He okay. Spoiler alert. He shows up in Scream Two. Of, of course, course he does. Okay. And I bet he's better than the villains we had in this one. <laughs> Because it's Liev Schreiber. <laughs> I really like Scream 2. The soundtrack to Scream 2 is great because I owned that. It had a Less Than Jake song. It was great. <laughs> Love Less Than Jake. Um, Less than well, I mean, they got my Nick Cave in here. They got Red Right Hand. So. They did. Um, and then, maybe the best of the teens, and I feel weird saying this, mm-hmm. is Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> okay. Jamie Kennedy is the wise sage. He's the guy who's versed in all the movies and telling people about the rules, and he's the conspiracy theory guy. He, his character, his character was very clear cut, and Jamie played him exactly as written. That's what I wanted more out of this movie. That's fair. I think that's part of what... I can buy that. I think that's that may have been what shoved me out, is that all the other people didn't do that as well. Do you know what it is? What? Okay. Jamie was very, very clear with who his character was. Exactly. So was Matthew Lillard a stew. He was very clear with who he was. But he is always playing off of Tatum, played by Rose McGowan, or uh, Billy. Yeah. Those actors, along with Neve Neve Campbell... Were energy black holes. They did not make the same type of commitment to their character or type. Commitment is a huge issue for me. And it is a problem in horror. You have to just decide this is the reality and go with it. Absolutely. Now, I will give a slight pass to Neve Campbell in that as the... Ingenue lead. As the ingenue lead, she is supposed to be a little more... Even, well, and, and that's a little more relatable, and that's fine. But, but all three of those never fully committed to that crazy. Because remember, also Henry Winkler is in this. Love you, the Fonz. Oh yeah, I would love to meet him in real life. He's he's one of the few celebrities that I was like, I want to I want to meet you and tell you how much I love you. Yeah, because I'm very like I don't care about celebrities. I don't like I don't need to take their picture. But Henry Winkler is one. <laughs> he's him and Ron Howard. I need them. I need Richie Cunningham in the funds. Okay. I need that in my life. Can you make that happen? No. I don't think that's going to work. Um, <laughs> okay. He he made he made a very he made a commitment to what he was doing. That is the key with a slasher flick. If okay. you make a choice, here's the thing. I've seen the Evil Dead. Yeah. Just the original yeah. one. Now I need to see Evil Dead Two. I want to see the other ones because they're so much better. Well, I haven't seen the recent one. But the but. but the original one is not as fun and not and much darker. Mm-hmm. But Bruce Campbell commits. He decided this, co- is, this is my life. I'm gonna be Ash and I'm gonna play it mm-hmm. as hard as I can. That's that's the problem. That's also where you get some more of the humor. And if you do that long enough in a movie, you my might. eyes glaze over and I'm done. If, okay. if I'm if I'm 30 to 45 minutes into a movie and the lead actors I'm having to watch the entire time don't have a character role, I'm just out. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad you've all been witness to our movie therapy and figured out why David freaked out. He it's going to have... Here's the thing. It's going to happen with one of these movies at some point. I made it through RoboCop. <laughs> I know you made it through RoboCop. You're probably not going to make it through Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. <laughs> 
Well, don't don't prime the pump that way. Come no, <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I, I, okay, the good, the bad, the ugly is western, right? Yes, it is. Okay, but it's a spaghetti western, so it's a completely oh, different. Damn, it's a completely different way you got to watch I it. I like a good western. I know. Damn it. Okay, that's not our next movie. Anyways. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll get there later. I, there's going to be... Here's the thing. There's going to be at least one movie, and this hopefully this is my only one, mm-hmm. where this happens. But, to to your point, I am totally going to rewatch it. Yep. I think that's worth the exercise. You're going to rewatch it, and then we're going to watch Scream 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, let's slow down there. We'll do Scream 2. I'll commit to that. We're going to do 3 and 4. Okay. It's just going to be one of those things like, what happens next? Okay. I just need to know now. Um, give a couple shout-outs to a couple more of the actors. Drew Barrymore does a really good job in the intro. Yep, she's great. Casey Becker. just She's the face they use on the posters. Gets the gets to play, have some fun there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, can I give a shout-out to Mojo Jojo as the voice of the murderer uh, on the ghost phone? Ghostface. As Ghostface? Ghostface killer. That is Roger Jackson, who mm-hmm. is Mojo Jojo from Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, I think I remember hearing something about he was actually on set making the phone calls. That's so awesome. But they hid him so nobody knew who he was. So good! Which is great, but like, he was there, but nobody knew that's who he was. That's a total which horror. Is, which is, it's great, it's, that's one of the wonderful things about being a voice actor, but nobody knows what you look like. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, Powerpuff Girls is one of my favorite shows of all time, and Mojo Jojo is one of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah, Lucy loved that show. Bye. Oh, We had to stop letting our daughter watch Powerpuff Girls because there's one character that kept showing up, and she was a bad girl, and Lucy just kept acting like her, and we're like, you can't watch this show anymore. She thought it was funny, but it... Mm. We're like, nope. You're not going to act that way. Um, well, we <laughs> We got into it a little bit. That's what happens when we don't agree, and you're wrong. So. <laughs> We didn't do this with Sand in the Rain, though. What? What do you mean? We we had dis- we've had some disagreements on this stuff. Oh yeah. American Pie. I thought I was gonna give a one star to. Yeah, but then you thought about it and you're like, okay. Yeah, I thought about this one too, and it just didn't. It never it didn't clicked. Change for you? No. Hmm. But I will give it one more honest chance. That's fair. That's fair. Um. I will accept that. Okay. So what is your st- what is my your star rating to? right now? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to give it a star rating now, it's going to be a two. Okay. Not going to be a one. Okay. Um, because what I do recognize is that even being checked out from it, it's it's a really competently made movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Wes Craven really really shows that he has he has the genre down. He knows mm-hmm. how to make that movie well. Um, and I can see all of those influences coming out of it. Okay. I mean, the meta references are there. It's got a lot. It's got a lot mm-hmm. unique humor in there, and there's some there's great things about it. I just when there's so much going on, and again, I don't. I, I at first I thought it was the writing. I think you're right that it's the acting mm-hmm. that ultimately just completely blinded me out of it. Um, when you have so many problems like that. I just feel like it's I, it's not an enjoyable experience. Have you seen The Craft? No. Oh. Got to add that. Okay. <laughs> that Ski Ulrich is in that too. I forgot about that until recently. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's going to be two stars right now. That okay. it's it just it 
whether it was expectations or just getting getting halfway in and kind of being like I don't care mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like from my sensibility it's missing all those things to make it work okay I think I've been fair with it in not just saying, well, it's a trash movie. Because I don't think it's a trash movie. I just didn't get it. Okay. What's your star rating? 2.5. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think it was a game changer for the genre. Yeah. Uh, it, it sucked. Okay, I've never liked horror films. And it made me excited to see more when I originally saw it. I had the poster in my room, actually, now that I think about it. Um, and I'm, I'm not a horror fan person, but for a period of time, I w- sought these movies out. Um, but, given that, it's not going to be a movie I'm going to turn on to have background noise. No. Because I, I, it's not that's not that kind of movie that I enjoy. Yeah. So it's a 2.5. It's, it's a... It's a mediocre movie for you. Straight no. down the middle. Yeah, it's straight down the ma- middle, but it's not mediocre. Yeah. That's one thing I will say. Sometimes even bad movies can get you like a two, a two and a half star. If you're okay. mediocre, you're headed for like zero for us. Because if yeah. you're mediocre, you're boring and I don't want to watch you. <laughs> yeah, I think there's only one movie that I can think of that I would give a zero to. Which one is that? Black Dahlia. Oh, should we tell that story? Not today. Uh, it's going to come up one day. Not today. We'll do it. We'll do it like right around the Oscars podcast. That'll be a fun time to do it. Yeah. Well, when we talk about when we, we're going to do an, a year in review podcast where we talk about all the movies we've seen this year and what are our favorites, what were the ones that were not so great. And then we got to look at the movies that are coming out in 2018 and previews. And we need to talk about the Black Dahlia when we get to that. We will tell you. Nope, a great, nope. great story. It's not even that great. <laughs> but it's a tale of bitterness. <laughs> and if you've seen that movie, you probably understand where we're coming from. <laughs> if you have not, we will save you a trip. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So We got you... our ratings. Yes, we got our ratings. So before we see the next movie, mm-hmm. I will watch Scream again. You don't have to watch it before our next one. Okay, I just have to watch it again at some point. You have to watch it again before we watch Scream 2. I might even do a solo podcast on it. Might be fun. Oh, okay. Um, it, it, no, because you need to, you need to, uh... I need to make penance? Yes. <laughs> you have to justify your answers to okay. me. Okay, okay. Good, good or bad, you have to, you have to justify them to me. So, speaking of movies... Uh-huh. ...that we checked out on... Uh-huh. ...our next movie is Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I didn't even think about that. That was a good little tie-in. <laughs> That's true. Um, we tried to watch Reservoir Dogs... A few years back, and 30 minutes in, I th- well, we were like 15 or 20 minutes in, you you kind of looked over and you're like, like... I don't care. And it wasn't that you didn't like it, because you were like... You just, you just sort of was like, I'm not in the mood. Yeah. I'm just not in the mood to watch this one. I can't watch it right now. So let me, let me do this. Let me give you a few little expectations. Okay. To get you in a mindset ready to watch it. Uh-huh. This is a very, I think it's only an hour and a half, but it, but it kind of moves slow. Mm-hmm. And part of that is that it's mostly dialogue. I like dialogue. Well, but 
as opposed to what you would expect from Quentin Tarantino. Oh yeah, this is a Quentin Tarantino. This movie. is Quentin's. I forget. This is Quentin's first movie. This is his, oh yeah okay. This is the first okay. thing. I'm I'm there. I got you now. But it is unlike unlike Pulp Fiction, which was thoroughly balanced and had that back and forth storytelling, mm-hmm. and this has some of those elements, but it is very very dialogue heavy. Okay. There are a lot of scenes where these guys are talking, mm-hmm. and it's about nothing in particular. Okay. Then the action is very action. rapid okay. and sudden. Hmm. Um, it's a gangster movie. I think it's it's almost like this weird heightened alt bizarro world Goodfellas vibe, hmm. <laughs> where like let's take that mundane to the nth degree. <laughs> um, and at the same time, there are some. Sp- Staggeringly good performances in the movie, for, from my point of view. Um, it's not even by any means, but some of the acting's top notch. Okay. Some of the acting yeah. is um, not top notch. Was it Quentin Tarantino? Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I really. He's funny. He's funny in this movie. I'll he's, give him that. He's a pretty funny dude. And he's deeply troubled. Well, he's in his element with this movie. Because okay. it's it's just goofy dialogue. Okay. So he's in his element as an actor mm. being in this. Um, but I, I, I just, rather than think of something like Pulp Fiction, just kind of understand that it's it's way more about the dialogue and, the, mm-hmm. and what's going on with those characters. And that the tension just ratchets up over the course of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. I'm sorry. I promise I won't check out. that's it for this episode please take a moment to review and rate us on itunes and for questions and comments drop us an email at macintosh and mod at gmail.com 